0: This is Performance Delivered, Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about influencer marketing. Here to speak with me about the topic is Jordan Dahlquist, who heads up the social department at Bastion Elevate. In his role, Jordan leads a team of social experts that help clients reach their goals through social media management, content production, and paid advertising. He joined Bastion Elevate when his own agency, Huntington Pacific Media, which he founded in 2015, was acquired by Bastion Collective. Jordan also loves to travel and has visited over 30 countries by now, including North Korea. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Jordan, outside of the current situation, which kind of <laughs> makes everyone stay home or, or local, uh, are you still an avid traveler?
1: I do travel occasionally. I recently got married. I have a daughter now. Well, when I say recently, uh, a few years ago, I have a daughter now. So that has slowed down the traveling quite a bit, um, along with all of our business efforts. But uh, hopefully, we'll have more traveling in the near future. It'd be awesome. Yeah.
0: Are there, are there any countries that had the biggest impact on you or that you just loved over yeah, the others?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, El Salvador and Indonesia were probably two of my favorite countries. Um, just the culture there is really amazing. The food is amazing. The surfing is amazing. And the people are just really awesome there. I just really enjoyed going to those countries.
0: Interesting. Before we jump on, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you're trying to to be able to, to go out surfing every day. Is, is surfing a big part of your life?
1: It is. Yeah, I uh, live here in Huntington Beach. Our offices are located in Newport Beach. And uh, Huntington Beach, as a lot of people know, is Surf City USA. It's the surfing capital of the, of the United States. So I like to live by that. I try to surf every time I get an opportunity. Um, went out this morning. It was awesome. And try to keep it, keep it going. You know, it's great exercise, and it's really fun. Awesome.
0: What led you in 2015 to, to found your own agency?
1: Yeah, so I moved to Huntington Beach from Northern California. I was in school up there for a while. Um, And so came down here and basically needed to start something. I had already been working in marketing for about five or six years and really enjoyed it, felt like I had a talent for it. And when I moved to Huntington Beach uh, here in Orange County, it just made sense to kind of start my own thing. So I started out um, just basically with small clients. You know, I founded the company on a very small level. Um, didn't have even a major office or anything like that. And within a few years had scaled it up to having, you know, between 20 and 30 contractors, employees working under me and an office located in Irvine as well. So kind of blew up yeah. really great. Um, I think it all just comes back to doing really good work and working hard and actually driving results for your clients. You know, yeah. uh, they keep coming back and then they tell other people about it. So yeah.
0: yeah. What did you decide to sell your company? Was there a particular reason?
1: Yeah, basically, I just honestly really liked the vision of Bastion Collective. I liked where they were going. Um, I like the idea of how they bring all these different agencies that are best in breed together so that they can support each other. Um, sometimes when you're a lone agency, you, know, you have a, certain services that you specialize in and you're really good at and you know how to do it. Um, but then there's other services you can't necessarily help your clients with. Um, and so... When you're a part of a collective like this, it's really amazing because each of the sister agencies under the collective specialize in a specific um, area of work. And Mm -hmm. they can all support each other and support the client in one singular uh, way. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Obviously, today
0: we want to talk about influencer
1: marketing. What is so
0: interesting about influencer marketing for you?
1: Yeah, I think influencer marketing is really cool because it has sort of deconstructed uh, advertising in the sense that... Before, it used to be only celebrities or you know very famous people that large brands could partner with to promote products or services. Whereas uh, influencer marketing has totally shifted that. Um, now, instead of working with one large celebrity or two large celebrities, <clears throat> brands of all different sizes can actually work with influencers of all different sizes and different um, rates. So in other words, it's very easy for a brand, even a smaller company with a smaller budget to actually... Um, influence people, you know, to be interested in their product or service, uh, take action and buy a product or service through uh, influencers on social media. Um, yeah. And when we say influencers, we're talking about people with, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50,000 followers up to millions of followers uh, across platforms like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, etc.
0: Obviously, there's still a huge difference between someone who has 30,000 followers and someone who has several million Followers, how how are people getting paid, or how does does influencer marketing work when it comes to paying the people for them sending promoted messages out?
1: Yeah, totally. So it kind of depends on the agency. It depends on what influencers you're working with. But in general, um, I mean, influencers all have their own kind of rate that they have found that they could charge. In exchange for X number of posts or uh, videos that they produce and put out on their social media platforms. Um, so every every influencer has a different rate. Every agency is willing to pay a different amount based on what they can think they can get from the influencer. Things that have changed a lot in 2020 and over the past couple of years, actually, is that you know influencers are investing a lot of money on buying fake followers and fake engagement, and so. Mm. It's not as easy as it used to be to find an influencer that will truly drive the bottom line for your company. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times, it's just fake. They're ghost accounts. They have bought this to make their account look bigger than it actually is. It's not really going to drive any real results. Um, so nowadays, you know, companies really have to dig into the data and analyze the followers of each influencer and make sure that they are real people, they're real accounts, that the followers are people that actually will resonate with the brand that you're wanting to promote. Uh, Etc. So it's kind of changed in that sense. Um, and yeah, as far as the rates and kind of how it works to pay them, basically you you know contact an influencer. You could be doing mass outreach to hundreds or thousands of influencers to see who's interested in partnering with a brand. Um, once some influencers come in and they agree to work with you, you know you come up with some kind of an agreement around what kind of posting they're going to be doing, how often they're going to post, what kind of content they're going to post to promote your product. Um, once they execute on that and it's all posted, then you compensate them based on the agreement
0: how How much control do you have over the content that they are posting? So for example if if someone does a video and uh, kind of introduces the product and I'm using it every day, it has done X, y, Z, and I love it. I can really recommend it, whatever you know the message is. How much control does a company have over that? I can imagine that companies out there say, Well, you know it's a great idea, but uh, and might be losing control over what is being
1: said. Yeah, totally. And that's actually a roadblock that a lot of um, brands run into or companies run into when they're trying to manage influencer campaigns on their own. Unless a company has really set down a clear scope of work and a contract with the influencer, there can be a lot of haziness and unclear planning around it. And you know, maybe the influencer did more than they expected, or they did what they thought you wanted them to do. But then They didn't do what you wanted. They didn't deliver on the expectation you had for them. Um, So that can cause issues. So that's one reason it's really good to partner with an agency or influencer marketing specialist um, is because we have tons of experience in process and what works and what doesn't work with working with influencers. And we have contracts and platforms that allow us to escrow funds um, so that the influencer knows they're going to get paid and that we know that we're going to get the promotion that we deserve. Uh, based on the compensation. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, elements that kind of play into making sure everything works out well.
0: Mm-hmm. Want to go back to kind of the size of influencers. So you said, you know, between 30 and 50, it's probably on the low end 1000. Um, and then obviously it goes up to to 200 millions. Is it better to, to pick a number of smaller influencers and run and your campaign for that? Or is it better to have, you know, one big whale and, and basically run a campaign with that person yeah it's so different
1: the, yeah there's definitely big differences and sometimes you want both honestly but it depends a lot on the what you're trying to accomplish in other words what is the timeline of the campaign that you're running um, is this a short blast you want to do just over a couple of weeks or is this an ongoing campaign where you actually want to partner with these influencers on an ongoing ambassador type basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And then secondarily, it comes down to your budget. So obviously whales, um, you know, large uh, macro influencers are going to cost a lot more than micro influencers. And they will push a lot of momentum and traffic and things like that for you. Um, But obviously they cost a lot. And then the other side is the micro influencers who have oftentimes very devoted follower bases. So maybe they have only 30,000 or a hundred thousand or, 300,000 followers, but those followers might be super devoted um, and maybe even m- engaging in higher levels than the whales followers might be. So it kind of comes down to, like I said, budget timeline. If you're working with a large influencer that is more costly, it's oftentimes better to actually partner with them on a more long term basis um, where you're doing more of a brand partnership. So you might mm-hmm. partner with them for three to six months, even. Um, to promote your product over that period of time, posting about it once a week, once every two weeks, promoting it occasionally uh, for a set retainer amount monthly during the uh, engagement. Yeah. Uh, and that can actually resonate with the audience better and they will engage better. Whereas micro-influencers, sometimes it's good to just partner with them on a uh, a smaller level, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier advantages. What disadvantages... On uh, there for you know micro micro influencers,
1: yeah, so obviously, for macro influencers, disadvantages can be one, they tend to charge a lot, sometimes they're overcharging just because they're an iconic household name in a certain mm-hmm. industry or vertical, um and so they know that people want to promote them, and they have a lot of people asking to have them promote the product so that can be an issue when you're working with those bigger influencers is they have more demands and they might be overcharging on the micro influencer side. One disadvantage is that it's just a lot of work. Um, you're doing tons of outreach to these micro influencers. Uh, each one has their own expectations and issues and problems and things that they want special and things like that, where it ends up taking a lot of manpower and a lot of, um, just hours to actually work with that uh, number of micro-influencers.
0: Yeah. I recently read that as a rule of thumb, you know, to, to identify how much an influencer campaign might cost is that per 100,000 followers, you know, probably someone would have to pay $1,000. Is, is that about right to use as a rule of thumb?
1: Yeah, approximately. Again, it comes down to not necessarily the number of followers, but the quality of the follower base. Because mm-hmm. you could have someone that has a hundred thousand followers, but fifty percent of the followers were purchased or fake ghost accounts. Um, mm-hmm. In that case, you have to look at them like a fifty thousand follower account, you know. But yeah, if you know, it kind of fluctuates a lot. Like there's some social media influencers that are, you know, they have a million followers, but us as an agency, we have a deep relationship with them, and we've been working with them for a long time, and so we can get you know really crazy cheap rates with them Uh, hundreds hundreds of dollars instead of thousands whereas you know sometimes when you're starting out with a new influencer you've never worked with them and they're probably about trying to raise their prices and you know add value to their brand you know they might charge you a lot more
0: yeah you know several times already said you know it's 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 important to analyze the influencer that you want to work with to make sure that you know followers that are outlined in their profile are actually active followers or, or real followers not fake followers. How would someone go about to do that to analyze an influencer to make sure that they're getting the value for their money?
1: Yeah, so there's various platforms online where you can do that. Um, Honestly, there's tons of platforms. Um, We use a platform called Socialix. Uh, There's also another platform called Grin. Um, There's a plethora of different influencer marketing um, service and tracking platforms out there. Um, And oftentimes, these platforms have integrated systems where they can actually analyze the followers, they can analyze, you know, what countries they're from, what age group they are, whether the accounts are active or not active. Um, Because oftentimes, those fake profiles and fake accounts are from somewhere in Russia or the Middle East or things like that, where you know that this person isn't they're not all their followers are not from the U.S. Here, and they're likely a lot of fake accounts. Um, yeah. If you're a, a global company, and say you you know you're working with influencers that do have a global following, um, then you have to you have to dig a little deeper and actually just analyze engagement rates on the account and find out you know based on the number of followers this account has, how much engagement are we getting on each post, and does it make sense for the number of followers?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess you know if if you are a US brand and your market is US you want to have an influencer where the majority of the inf- the the people that follow that influencer are US based because that's where you're selling right it doesn't help if they are across the globe and there's a small amount of 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 people following that person are only
1: in the US yeah exactly and not only are they in the US but is it the right people like say you own a bikini brand and you're working with bikini models As your influencers, but then you find out that most of the people following those accounts are men. You know that's not really going to help actually drive bikini sales for you. So you have to really dive in and figure out like who's following these people, um, and is it the right person that's actually going to take action buy your product or service?
0: Yeah, that actually leads me to to my next question. You just said you know does the influencer have the right people? What works in
1: influencer marketing? Are there specific products, services that work better than others? Yeah, I think B2C is honestly the most successful in influencer marketing. And that's a general statement. Um, there's definitely B2B companies that can benefit greatly from influencer marketing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, as far as the ease of acquiring followers that can drive product sales, you know, B2C is easiest. If you're an apparel company, if you have some kind of a product that you know most people would want, then influencer marketing is really going to be beneficial for you. If you're a a really B2C company where you're selling something that's super unique and specific to a vertical that isn't going to be interesting to everyone, then you know you have to either be very specific with your influencers that you're partnering with, um, or it's just not gonna work. And oftentimes it's really hard to find influencers that not only are in the true truly in the right vertical for your product or service, but that are again then willing to even work with you. So it can be difficult in that term.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there specific budget levels that are required to run influencer campaigns? So is there a low level where you say, you know what, if you if you don't have X amount, don't worry. You know, don't 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 engage in influencer marketing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously. In any kind of a campaign, if you're handling it in-house, you know you have more funds to possibly put towards influencers. But then again, you're having to take employees away from other projects, um, so it could be an issue for your internal company. Um, but then, if you're hiring an agency, then the agency is going to charge you a fee, which may end up being actually cheaper than you know taking your team away from their normal work. So, as far as budget ranges go, the minimum. To work with most agencies, um, you definitely need at least like ten or fifteen thousand to do anything. If you're trying to do something on an ongoing basis, in other words, a monthly retainer type campaign, um, you definitely want at least ten thousand dollars to invest each month, Um, and that can cover agency fee, some influencer fees, um, and that's if you really want to move things. If you want some actual momentum and get multiple influencers going and promoting your product. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say as far as that.
0: Jordan, you just said, you know, probably for retainer around about 10k each month is a is minimum to, to kind of move the needle. How do you measure the, the success of an influencer marketing campaign? How do you measure the return on investment? And how long does the campaign kind of have an effect on results?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, as far as measuring influencer marketing campaigns, it comes down to some pretty basic KPIs. It's influencer, I mean, uh, it's awareness, and it's linked um, pretty often. So in other words, you're looking at how many people are aware of your brand now through this campaign? How many clicks did you get off of that campaign or swipe ups uh, from Instagram stories, et cetera, mm-hmm. To your goal landing page, whether that's a website or some kind of a online form, and then off of that, um, you can actually you know, decide whether it was worth it for you. Um, and oftentimes you know, comparing versus other advertising platforms is beneficial. So if you know that you ran a campaign for one month and you achieved, say 10 million uh, reach, you reach 10 million people, then you can compare that versus Facebook advertising data. You know what would it cost me to reach 10, uh, 10 million people on Facebook advertising? And is it comparable? And is this going to be beneficial for me? Yeah. Um, and then also, you can track results on clink- link clicks, like, for example, Bitly links, things like that, where you can see how mo- exactly how many clicks and where they're going.
0: Okay. Do you or are there any proxy results that can be used uh, from a planning perspective i assume when when a new client comes to you and says hey we're interested in influencer marketing campaign this is our product this is what we want to achieve we want to sell more product through this campaign can you give us an idea of what we can achieve with our budget what what could be the average conversion rate etc etc
1: yeah absolutely and again this comes back down to what the company is what the product or service is because some products are really easy to promote, people are gonna be all over it. Um, other products, you know, there's gonna be less interest. So there's never any guarantees at all when it comes to influencer marketing. Um, but what we can do is take uh, historical data on what has worked, what kind of results we've gotten with various types of influencers, what sizes, um, and take that data and sort of project what could be expected from a campaign for a company. Mm-hmm.
0: Earlier, you mentioned that you're using a software solution to identify the quality of an influencer um, in order to, to pay and right and to make sure that you're engaging with the right influencer and therefore getting the, the results that you're looking for. What other tools do you use when preparing, managing, and running and, and evaluating influencer marketing campaigns?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of what we are tracking is impressions, reach, clicks, things like that. So a lot of what we're doing is actually tracking uh, through Google Analytics to see how much traffic got to a landing page or a website, which is the end goal, obviously. Um, So it really comes down to that. It comes down to how many people are clicking and taking action on this. Um, And then from there, what are they doing? Are they filling out the form? Are they purchasing the product, whatever the end goal is. Um, And based on those KPIs, that's kind of how we calculate how much return on ad spend was created for that campaign. Yeah,
0: we talked earlier uh, about control of of messaging when it comes to influencer marketing. What information does a company have to provide you as an agency for the influencer marketing campaign? Do they have to provide creative, any any other information, collateral?
1: Yeah, so we can pretty much handle a lot uh, as far as creatives. You know, creating the contracts, figuring out what kind of influencers the company needs um so it's definitely a working relationship some brands they already know what they want they already have the creative they already know what type of influencers and they're literally just handing us a scope of work for us to execute on whereas other brands you know they've never done an influencer marketing campaign and they need us to help guide them and educate them on it um so really comes down to the agency um but if the agency isn't prepared at all they don't know what they need you know we can help with everything from content creation graphic design uh, creating content for the promotions, um, you know everything from A to Z. Yeah.
0: That probably leads into my next question, or that actually leads into my next question: How can agencies help companies with influencer marketing? Obviously, everything in digital marketing we do can be done in house. You know, yeah. You know, if you do paid search, for example, you can, you know, you can have someone manage paid search. Depending on how good that person is, the results will reflect that, right? Um, the same with Facebook ads, etc and I assume with influencer marketing too. So where is the added value of an agency to a company?
1: So typically um, what I've seen is that companies end up going with agencies, even if they've already tried influencer marketing on their own, um, they often move to an agency because honestly, just the amount of work it takes to do influencer marketing. Along with that, it actually lowers the cost of getting the work done. Uh, When you're partnering with an agency, you know we have multiple projects multiple clients happening at the same time which helps covers help, helps to cover platform fees uh, employee costs hours all that kind of stuff so you know whereas with one company if you're just trying to do it in house you know you're taking employees away from their original work or you're bringing someone in to do it but you don't maybe know if they're actually educated enough to do the job properly uh, when you're working with an agency you know we have the experience this is what we do all day every day um, and we know how to drive the results that affect the bottom line in your company.
0: Yeah, I think it's the the, the general problem that I, for example, see quite often that companies say, hey, you know, what? we can do ABC in-house uh, and then it's one person that does the paid search and the SEO and the Facebook and the native and uh, and goes on and on and on. What well, At the end of the day, have, you have a generalist that might have a certain basic knowledge across each of those solutions. But it's not an expert, which means your media investment or your investment in general is most likely not maximized.
1: Right. Exactly. And along with that, when you're working with an agency, we have a huge Rolodex of influencers that we've already partnered with that we know are reliable. We know that they'll deliver. Um, So you get advantage of that. You know, you get to take advantage of having that list of influencers that we already know are legitimate. Yeah.
0: John, before wrapping up today's podcast, I want you to look at uh, twenty twenty. So how has influencer marketing changed in twenty twenty? Has the current you know situation that we're all in have an impact on how influencer marketing might have changed in twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I've mentioned, um, you know the issues with influencers buying fake followers, you know people becoming overnight influencers um, has been a major issue. We kind of already hit on that, but Another way it's changed is that uh, influencers are really finding out what they're worth, and I think influencer marketing has really been undervalued in the past five years. You know, you could hire influencers to do promotions for really inexpensive, whereas now influencers are starting to charge more and more, and they're starting to see that businesses are willing to pay that amount. Um, so I think you know, building relationships, building solid relationships with influencers. Uh, for future projects is important because then they're willing to work with you because they know that you're going to keep sending them projects and business. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the Performance of that podcast. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. And thanks for sharing your knowledge about influencer marketing in the first place. If people want to find out more about you and Bastion Elevate, how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah. So you can go check out our website at www.bastionelevate.com. And then also there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of information on there as far as case studies, uh, information about our company. Um, You can also go to bastioncollective.com where you can learn about our global agency and our collective of agencies, you know, just everywhere that we're all the way from Australia, London, China, uh, New York, Los Angeles, everywhere. So you can learn about all the different agencies and how we can service our clients. Um, And also, if you want to shoot me an email, if you have any questions or want to talk about a project that you have in mind, you can email me at jordan at bastionelevate.com. And that's B-A-S-T-I-O-N-E-L-E-V-A-T-E.com.
0: Great. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital.